yeah, time to turn some good music off, although I don't wanna. That's Yoko Kano. Arjuna, some pagan anime soundtrack. Those are the themes of yours truly running around the world, just not sure what the heck I'm doing, but just seeing miracles nonetheless. Because when you put yourself out there, as my grandfather used to say, you wanna be a missionary? Just get outside, just go out the door. See what he does. Like, stop sitting in front of the TV and thinking, well, God's gonna use me someday. No, you just go out there and watch him do stuff. Slow down a little bit. Go to a grocery store you've never been to. Believe in the spirit. Believe in the spiritual. I was listening to uh, Daniel X podcast. Great show. Appreciate the shout outs. So I'm just going to shout you right back out. And just the idea of there being this supernatural dimension going into the Poltergeist movie. And um, I really cracked up when he said something random. And then he played the clip from Karate Kid. Focus, Daniel Shan. <laughs> I think that's so brilliant. I'm going to try to focus, but this might be all over the place. So just bear with me. Hallelujah. We're getting warmed up here. Hallelujah. Jesus name. Bless this time. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. What exactly are we heading into right now? Because the news of Australia is intense. You ready to go to a million man march and deal with cops that want to break people's skulls and really have to desperately fight for what sliver of freedom you have left? You really want it to get that bad? Because that's the plan. They're trying to bring that here. And I'm just, I'm so sick and tired of people that they don't see farther than their nose and they're just being fed whatever the AI is feeding them. They're staring at their phone, Facebook, AI algorithms. They don't really regard the works of the Lord, the word of the Lord. And I'm getting to the point now where I can't, I can't work with or walk with anybody like that anymore. I don't care who you are. I just, I can't, you're not in my life as far as what we're doing here. I'm going to, my eyes and my hope and my desire are with those who are the God fearers. I've cut out people in my life many times who at one point were great warriors and then they decided to join the dark side of the force. And it was out of fear and it was out of perhaps... Veda was seduced by the dark side. I don't know. I just, I've seen people rise and fall, and we have to continue to rise and to rise and to rise. 
and and watch out for those spirits. They'll manifest through people. They'll be like, you need to worry about your mortgage or something like that. That's what's most important. Meanwhile, the bad guys are coming and the good guys are coming too. But the good guys are hoping that they'll find some good guys behind enemy lines. I had a dream about this. There were time traveling revolutionary soldiers from the past who had come to fight in the present day revolutionary war and they recognized that I would help them and that I hadn't ever been in like an actual fight like they had they were all really battle hardened and really funny they kept making jokes it was kind of interesting they were also homeless but it wasn't because they were bums it was because they were so used to just sleeping like in random places and just they were just as hard as nails like these guys were really really cool and they could they could eat anything almost they're just like devouring like a can of beans and whatever they could get their hands on but their focus was okay tomorrow the battle will be thus and thus and you can help us by lending us your old toyota there as a distraction or a diversion it might be like an explosion i don't know what it was going to be better not say things to i mean this is a dream okay ai algorithms and and then my job was just to basically uh, perform some very basic function and then hide in the dumpster once I saw these lights on the horizon. That was going to be them. That was going to be their attack. I was already behind enemy lines. It was just a matter of signaling them or providing some distraction or some locator so that then this incoming army knew where to go and just they were going to just decimate the place. They might have been angels. They might have been spirits. Not sure, but it was very exciting. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm surrounded by family and just, you know, the day-to-day bub-bub of like changing diapers and can you watch the baby and can we do this and where are we going for lunch? And just people in families just don't get it. They're usually like, well, I want to go watch a movie or oh, well, let's go to the beach today. And that's normal. You know, that's the protection. That's the civilization that we want to protect is our women and our children. But we men, we need to get together. We need to talk. We need to plan. We need to chart the course. We need to maintain the vision. And sometimes women too, but usually it's the men who do that. And the bad guys are coming, but the good guys are coming too. And that dream, the point is like they were looking for allies behind enemy lines who understood the danger that we're in and who weren't just going along another day as usual, but who understood that we have to win you know we're gonna lose everything everything in america is going to be lost if we don't fight and it's not just for america the 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 fight is also for the spirit and your spiritual walk and and the kingdom of god and whatever god wants to do i'm walking right now in the escondido California, San Diego, enjoying the beautiful night. This is the kind of place you'd get mugged, probably in most places around the world, but it's so safe here. It's like, <laughs> there's all these nice families walking around with their kids. It's like, wow, this reminds me, this reminds me of Asia land. So I hope I don't uh, make anybody feel like they've got to be hopeless or feel negative all the time about all this i what this show is basically formatted after is we we take whatever the info war leaves 
unspoken and hope to speak into that that god factor the faith factor the faith bucks faithbucks.com faith being the currency of the heavenly realm and uh as michael tobin told me he's like i get really encouraged when you talk about miracles and the reality of god's hand because everybody and their brother can read documents that prove to you that the loom tards the Lerminerdes are out there and Satanists are going to get you. These are the most smarmy, decrepit, really sad, backwards people. Like, have you ever met somebody that, that worships Aleister Crowley? They're just really, really confused and sad people that are just super unhappy. Usually on a lot of medications and just in a sad place. And they need God. They need love. And we should pray for them. I don't want to fight them. I don't want to deal with them. I want to pray for them. The upper echelon demons, yes, we fight and we wrestle against the principalities, the powers, those flying city fortresses in the spiritual dimension. The things that QAnon tried to hijack are really what me and my buddies were doing back in like 2014 to 2016 um, in overdrive. And I would say it's still happening the QAnon thing saying, oh, there's special forces going into underground bases, saving the children. Guys, do you realize like most of the kids coming across the border go missing? I mean, the real trafficking is happening like right there in front of everybody. It's not always these high tech underground X-Men bunkers with shield protocol password things and it's, it's not that organized and, and pretty looking. It's really just organically happening. A lot of parents selling their kids for sex slavery. A lot of uh, stuff just happening in your neighborhood. All around you. And yes, there is Jeffrey Epstein underground horrible evil things. But that's not... It's, it's in the spiritual domain, yes. There is trafficking of the souls of men. And we can totally ransack their underground bases, totally infiltrate all their prisons, totally kick butt. And if they kill us, they kill us in the body, but we don't give them our souls. And I see this happening right now. The enemy is fighting us in this realm. People are surrounded by weak people. They're getting sick physically, but already they're sick spiritually because people don't have a walk with God. They don't have a bigger vision. They don't have a bigger picture. And so they end up fighting those that do and they want to tear you down from the wall and say things like, well, it's not really practical like to uh, just be focusing on all this stuff all day. You know, you got to keep one foot in reality. And you're like, well, you do realize that the reality is they're building these giant FEMA camps and that they're making it so you can't have a bank account if you don't have a vaccine. Well, yeah, but you know, that's all scary. So just, I don't want to talk about that. It's like, okay, well, we're not talking, I guess, at all. Like, and, and I don't mean that we should walk around scaring people all the time. You know, I met a lady today at McDonald's named Candy who told me she took the vaccine and I didn't jump on her about it. I just, I felt like compelled to just love on her and just say, just encouraging words. And if I had more time to talk to her, I'd probably at least implore her not to take any more shots and, and get really healthy. Working at McDonald's, you know you're going to end up eating McDonald's. It's not a very good. But whatever. I felt the Holy Spirit just imploring love and 
and and just people are already kind of at the end of their rope and um if you start to just tell people like all right well guess what now you're gonna die it's just not the best way to start a conversation with somebody you don't even know (laughs) family members maybe yeah we should be more confrontational people that uh if you have the grace but just be spirit-led and love on people like I just I'm walking around Escondido today and I just feel love like I feel love coming from people but it's like really just like wow this is a mission field like just walking around and just talking to people and but as far as my soul and my heart and my walk with the Lord and I hear all this news and what what we're here to talk about isn't what you need to do with your physical life that's not what I can tell you to do but it is a struggle to keep your faith. It is a struggle to build up your spirit, man. It is a struggle to step away from the physical things as they're getting louder and louder and crazier and crazier and to enter into the shadow of the Most High and to know Him and to seek Him and to be like, God, I want to know you. I want to see your face. I want to really experience you and your miracles. That is a real... It takes a miracle to even say that Jesus is Lord. It takes a miracle. The Holy Spirit is involved in that statement because it goes against all the practicality of paying the bills and getting a nice car and that nice girlfriend or getting some clothes that are nice. You know, Jesus said, you know, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. That's what the pagans worry about all the time. And they seem happy. But... We are living for a much greater and bigger existence in reality. Not the secret where you manifest stuff, but it's like this kingdom is coming. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Do you actually mean that? Because that means you're, you're living for a world that right now hardly exists with your own vision. Except in the fact that we're in a, like, we've got a, kind of a shadow of a republic and we we basically have more freedom than probably anybody's ever had in the world. And the, the witches and the Satanists all had to go underground for a while when Jesus and the culture of Jesus and at least that symbol of the cross and the even just the veneer of it supposedly being the civilization, well, you don't exactly have giant Aztec pyramids with people, ziggurats, sacrificing their firstborn son across the street from the church, even if that church is kind of corrupt and a lot of times very corrupt. No, the Satanists had to go underground. When the rising of the sun of the Most High came into the world, civilization, like the end of the movie Apocalypto, the brilliant movie by Mel Gibson, you just see the hell that is the Aztec um, demonic religion not all the people, their villages are, you see the beginning of it is like really nice and sweet and family and villages. And then you see what, what the satanic religion brought in. But at the very end, you see the Spanish missionaries coming in and the, I guess the militaries too, their Navy and, and bringing the sign of the cross. Like they've never seen that before. And history is always written upside down for us. Like, oh, those evil missionaries just destroyed the beautiful, innocent Aztec culture. Well, the the villagers were probably pretty happy in, in many ways, but pretty sure they didn't mind to uh, get rid of a lot of that uh, human sacrifice going on, that economy. So you see, we live in a world that is at least it has the veneer of the gospel and civilization and God 
at least people technically think that they're Christian sometimes, even when they're not. So it kind of, it gives you this moral code. But see now, because there is such a lack of the fear of God and true walking with God, and the true Christians always being shunned, always being kicked out. I just came from a, a conference with, um, got to meet Derek Gilbert and uh, Dave Hodges and Pastor Paul Bagley. And uh, I saw Lisa Haven was there. I didn't really get to talk to her or see her thing. I was kind of in and out. And then next door was this mystic conference with Nancy Cohen. And both camps were like, the churches hate us. We don't get to fit into any kind of church system. I'm like, well, why don't you guys make friends together, at least on that, you know? Um, the thing is, the church system is now completely corrupt. It's been totally infiltrated by Satanism, even if Joel Osteen doesn't know what the heck he's doing. He's one of these uh, front guys that enables that mega church heresy to continue. I think the Alicia Childers or Childs podcast had a really good episode with a former megachurch guy. I think he's like the nephew of Benny Hinn. Pretty interesting to listen to some of that if you want to open your eyes a little bit. Or as um, Nuclear Knucklehead would say, he would say like, free your mind. He has this funny, funny song in the beginning of the show. Anyway, um, you should totally listen to Nuclear Knucklehead, Daniel X, and the other shows on the French Radio Network. So many good shows. Oh my gosh. Let's get jacked up, going strong. Johnny McMahon putting out just tons of awesome content. We've got Sarah Westall. I need to get Dave Hodges on there. I've been talking to him. I had a really good talk with Dave Hodges. So cool to shake the hands of a man that you've walked with through the internet. And you realize they're they are men. And then he's like, come on my show. And I'm like, whoa, dude, better prepare for that. But no, we, you know, I've got a few things to share on that platform for sure regarding Taiwan and, and a first-hand account perspective of, of um, what I think is happening right now and to not give up on Taiwan just yet. But anyway, um, this is it, guys. It's, it's like, who are you going to give your time to? And if it's the people of this world, the Bible says, deliver me from men of this world whose inheritance is just of this life. Like their whole life is just about whatever they physically can get their hands on, their, their children, their family, and that's really not Christianity. Like, you know, these mega churches, um, they kind of give you the semblance of the idea that, well, you know, I'm driving a Hummer and I got a yacht and I'm great. Got my book out there in every bookstore and just God must just really love me. I must be doing it right. Brother, brother out there in the church, I see you out in the back. I see you need prayer. And you came to the right house. Welcome to the house of God. And there's that, that veneer that makes you think that this is Christianity when Christianity is like people that have been beaten and flogged and persecuted and ridiculed and they're walking with God still and there's a fire in their eyes and they're full of this purity and this joy and sometimes an anger. <laughs> sometimes they've, you know, God's had it, you know. You should have seen Derek Gilbert. Whew. Oh my gosh, I've never seen him preach, man. He's got, he went straight up like fire and brimstone, righteous indignation against a wicked nation kind of thing. It was pretty amazing to see that. I have it on film. I got to actually try to edit that and, and post it the next few days. Just a few clips, nothing to get sued by, hopefully. And besides, my hands were shaky when I was filming it. 
so you might not be able to see it very clearly, but, um, what are we living, what are we living and dying for? What are we fighting for? If it's something in this life that you expect God to do for you, wow, you're pretty pathetic. The Bible says you're actually the most pathetic person in the whole world. If you're expecting to cash in on your faith bucks in this life alone. But then Jesus also does say, it's like, if you forsake everything, you forsake your family and all that. I'm not saying you should just abandon your, your children. I'm saying, I'm saying like, if you have experienced that choice, it's like, it's God or it's me. Then, and you choose God, he promises to give you a hundred times of whatever you forsook, even in this life. And that's why, I mean, even though I left my father's house, I've been able to experience the fatherhood or the sonship of many fathers, of many great men of God in their faith at some point in their time where they would, would, uh, shepherd me or, or, uh, whatever, gurize, guru, be a guru guy, whatever. I mean, you know what I mean? You, you put yourself out there and you live by faith and God picks you up. And he gives you more than you ever could process in your life. Okay, I'm crossing the street here. Woo! Living by faith. Crossing the street by faith. Hallelujah. Woo no, I'm not like that. I can't. I can't be like, like that stimulated about just crossing the street. You know, some people can. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. We, we made it across the street. Hallelujah. But you should acknowledge your guardian angels. You should um, realize the reality of the supernatural. How many times... Somebody was like, should I mug that guy? He's just talking on his phone. No. And then the angel inspires you at that moment to go, hallelujah, God bless you, brother. I know you got an achy, breaky heart. God loves you. And that guy's like, oh my gosh, God loves me. Okay, I won't stab him. You never know. I've had many close calls. But I ain't going to live my life trying to play the safety game and just trying to get by. We... Put ourselves out there, say what we believe is true, and get persecuted for it. I mean, in the little microcosm of the internet, you know, 5,000 friends. I go live on Facebook and it's like two people watch it. Not complaining. I mean, I wouldn't watch me all the time, you know. Oh, Michael's live again? Yeah, maybe not this time. But at least maybe a courtesy like or a courtesy comment. Used to get those at least. You know, you get like a, you know, 100 or 200, 300 people in there. Now it's just like, I don't exist. It's like, okay. I mean, it's, I don't think everybody hates me that much. But Google, they really let you know that they hate you. They just delete you. At least Facebook kind of like feels bad to ban you. They just like, they just, they just quietly just muzzle you. <laughs> but you don't realize that you are. That's how scary, how fake our lives are on the internet. Not saying you can't build something. That's why we built faithbucks.com because eventually I think that's, it's going to be so much more valuable to have something that you have complete control over, even if the, uh, the SEOs, the search engine, um, optimizations and the, the, uh, the whatever don't find it, um, initially because I've done the WordPress blogs. I've had the WordPress sites and they delete you in a heartbeat. Oh, where's my website? I spent a thousand hours working on it. Oh, it's gone. Everything on it's deleted. Oh, that's kind of mean. 
So that's happened, uh, let's see, six times now. <laughs> so, and at this point, I don't even know if it's, if the internet is, is the goal here. I mean, how much longer are we even going to be able to use Spreaker, for example? I told some pastors, I'm like, I think podcasting is still kind of the wild west, but even that I'm starting to see the signs. I'm starting to see the writing on the wall, you know? And so believe us, we've got fringe panda, poke the bear, poke the panda. Um, that's going to become more and more of a thing. Johnny's been working on that a lot with, uh, some of our fellow compadres. That is something that is much less, uh, corporate in case they do ever censor Spreaker. Okay, we interrupt this transmission for a very quick break. Bless you. So, uh, not to make this show just about like, oh, here's what we're doing, here's how we were banned, and oh, I'm not trying to talk about me, it's it's more like the things that have really inspired me, the ones that have made me want to get up and fight are the fighters from yesteryear and from today. I'll be honest, to see people fighting the New World Order and going out there and, and, and doing the reporting and showing all the illegals pouring in from Haiti and all the quotes from Klaus Schwab and all those kind of people uh, the, the fighters today fighting, standing up, doing their shows, standing and using the internet in whatever way they can it's inspiring but it's not the final end goal in my heart to try to compete with them or even to just repeat everything that they're saying it's like what do we do and it's you really get to the end where you realize there really isn't a whole lot that you can do and if if it's if that's your business model i know that's kind of a sucky business model god is going to lead you even through the fire it will be in his time when it's time to go into persecution it might not be a fema camp but somebody might do horrible things to you and try to destroy your life. I mean, that's what I'm dealing with still every day. Friends of mine too, the real friends, they're being persecuted. How to find a real soldier, somebody that's actually in the fight. He's probably taking bullets right now. He's probably somebody that's under attack and they're taking fire. They're taking heavy fire from the enemy. And you know that person especially if they aren't if they aren't like criminals or something that person's probably like a force for good a force to be reckoned with take trump for example i mean that man 
goes from a reality TV host, billionaire guy, kind of a celebrity, you know, another one of those, to a total patriot. He captures the heart of America. He's absolutely in it, you know, sacrifices his name, his, his, his brand, even puts himself in danger. That's what I'm talking about, except we're talking the spirit here. This isn't political. And, the, and by the way, the political is merging with the spirit too. So that's why you listen to all these people. Infowar, whatever, Steve Quayle, everybody, Hagman. Okay, we've, we've told you everything we can say, and now we have to trust the Lord. And you're like, well, what about all the information? Well, we just, you know, I, that, well, that was all for you to just get it, you know, to trust the Lord. And if that's not the goal, then what is? And how do you build your faith? The enemy fights the building up of your faith. Tooth and nail. It is very difficult to find that time in the quiet place of the Most High because of all the distractions and us becoming our own worst enemy, the AI, finding your interests and your likes and and even maybe some stupid argument on Twitter or something. And you just, you, your whole day, all of your time gets sucked into that. And very little time gets into Psalm 119. I meditate on thy word, O Lord. And I, it is my meditation all the day. And I weep because of those who regard not thy law. And seven times a day, I will praise thee for thy righteous judgments. You read that and you're like, this is not me. Because you're not really hungry for the word. And there's a spiritual sickness there. And the ones that have really inspired me, though, have actually um, rebooted or reignited my faith by stepping into an alternate universe or dimension through um, a G.K. Chesterton, for example. And I don't have time to tell you who that is. You just you can listen to um, did some good. Sh- I think they're a really good podcast with William Ramsey. William Ramsey investigates excellent excellent writer and researcher, investigator, um, attorney. Got to do another show with him soon. Um, he has a new book out about the order of the nine angles, some new Satanist group. I mean, he just has the stomach for that stuff. I can't handle that stuff. I don't got the stomach of like a, of a beast. I literally ate like 15 vitamins before going on this walk to record this. And I am regretting it. I'm like, well, I just had two giant tacos beef tacos in San Diego and a lot of liquid. And then, nope, my stomach is no likey. I feel better now, but earlier you might notice maybe I was sounding a little bit uh, like somebody who has indigestion. Bless you guys for listening to this, by the way. I want to thank you and thank you for your support, your prayers, Patreon, everything. Thank you. And we're working on a publication just leaving it at that. We're, we're assembling some warriors for a... Let's just say Don Basham had his fellow compatriots of the New Jerusalem. Hello? Oh, they're wearing headphones. They don't care. If somebody says hi, they don't even hear. Don Basham, Derek Prinzer, and Baxter, and many others assembled, and they made an incredible publication, which if you ever want to read something maybe print it out, have like a really good paper copy in your hand. It's called New Wine. Doggy, I am talking here. New Wine Publications um, with, uh, that would be Charles Simpson Ministries. And you'll find the entire 
archive there. And that is a very official, very professional publication. I'm not going to, by any means, have the resources or the time to put something out like that. But from the bedraggled soldiers behind enemy lines and in the trenches with skills of art, writing, earth, love, they heart, we'll be able to at least assemble something. I mean, take, for example, those amazing Facebook posts by... Ruthie Andrews and Matt Evans and great men of God. Well, Ruthie is a, a woman. But like those incredible writings that they put out there every week or so just just go slushing down the toilet bowl of Facebook and only their Facebook friends ever see them, mostly. They mostly come out at night. Mostly. <laughs> um, Focus, Daniel son. So we're, we're thinking of, of assembling something, just thinking of it on the phone with people, just, just so you know. You, there's a reason we're on this little bit of a shakeup. We're in a different dimension here. We're being put in a new locale, a new place. Often that will offer you a, uh, a new perspective. Oh my gosh, it's a bunny rabbit. Hi, bunny rabbit. <laughs> Why are you here? What are you telling us? So... Going into the, the faith dimension of G.K. Chesterton was a taste of all the best things, not just Catholicism has to offer, but really just the understanding of history and the, the stomach to digest a lot of literature and information and historical facts and, and, and not that emotional kind of Protestant energy of like, I've got to have my fix. I've got to feel like God is happy with me this week. And I'm going to turn my brain off. I'm going to just roll up my sleeve. I'm not going to ask what's in it. I'm not going to read the ingredients. I'm just going to take that vaccine. You know, that kind of mentality, except with spirituality. Just this like blind and questioning receiving of anything that your emotional pastor guy is giving you. And, of course, every other sermon is like, Could you please give me some money, please? And you're like, um, sure. <laughs> Mostly you just feel embarrassed and on the spot. Everybody else is doing it. It's, it's all the cult things. All the cult programming. Look, I appreciate donations and, and gifts, but I'm always like, Oh, you don't have to do that, but, I mean, thank you, but I mean, I'm just, I'm not, you don't have to do that. I'm not pressured. Thank you. And, um... But God does provide Jehovah Jireh. You know, he does. And um, the Catholic realm that G.K. Chesterton was raised in was not really about Catholicism. It was more like spending time in lots and lots of literature and then face-to-face -face encounters regularly with the people setting up this, this darn Teuton New World Order thing with like George Bernard Shaw and H.G. Wells and all those lists of people that all the Infowar people love to read their documents all day. But they never read G.K. Chesterton. I mean, what about like what the good guys were talking about? What about the like the equivalent of a mystic Infowarrior from 100 years ago? Aren't you kind of curious about like books that he wrote like eugenics and other evils and battling the feminists with like the most awesome wit and and uh and humor that you've ever seen and just incredible prose that you could just quote his entire book like every line almost in that book 
it's called What's Wrong with the World, and there's these essays on family, and he gets into feminism. It's not, it's not like he's focused on tearing down feminism. He's focused on building up family and building up the idea of family and, and men and women and proper relationships and what works. And then he just like rips apart feminism along the way. It's like you are looking at a beautiful sunset and you're just like tearing away all the old newspapers on your window to see that beautiful sunset. It's like it's just a bunch of riffraff. And that's why I don't want to focus on the enemy and his lies. And you see it and you just rebuke it. I rebuke it. I'm going along on my journey for Jesus. Here's a good movie. You want some homework, people? Go on YouTube. I think it's still there. The Pilgrim's Progress was produced in the last couple years. Absolute tear-jerking, faith-building. Just a, a wonderful, wonderful work. Never read it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I guess it's like the most published book besides the Bible. Oh my gosh, it's a mantis. Wow. A praying mantis literally just flew right in front of me. Wow. I'm going to take a picture of this and put it to Instagram. I've been outside of Asia land too long to like really remember what that's supposed to mean. But, and no, I'm not talking about the mantoid reptilian alien, whatever. But that's kind of funny. I just took a few photos of them. I do have an Instagram. It's um, my tagline for everything. Gab, MeWe, Instagram. I try to post at least once a day to most of those things. Um, is Searfax. S-E-E-R-F-A-X. Or you might find Basham on uh, Brighteon, Rumble, BitChute, uh, Odyssey. Anyway, um, too many things to name. Like, faithbucks.com has way too many links on it. And you can just go there and, and you'll find... What the heck? He's, like, following me. He just flew to a fence. That's so um, offensive, Mr. Mantoid. You know you're just an attention hog. You're just like, eh, I am... I represent the Lollipop Mantoid League. Yes. And we have overtaken your podcast for two whole minutes. <laughs> well, fine. Take your two minutes and leave, bug. Um, so we were talking about great things. I mean, G.K. Chesterton dealing with H.G. Wells and the New World Order and the dawn of that horrible festering disease that's been instituted through Georgetown University and the Jesuits and all that. And ironically, I came into contact with Chesterton's works in Japan at a Jesuit university where I didn't know Jack Diddley squat about anything except that I love Jesus and I know Jesus loves me and my grandpa loved Jesus and he was a real Christian. And Rufus Mosley was my grandfather's mentor above anybody else, above Derek Prince and these other great men of God. But Rufus Mosley was really the key to unlocking faith in my young walk with God was... Dear Lord Jesus, I just want to follow you, Lord. Just show me how I can serve you. And then I'm opening up the book of John, like really reading it, not as like, Ugh, I'm doing my Bible study, but like, what do I do, Lord? What does the word say? And it says, here's the work of the kingdom. The disciples are like, 
Lord, what do we do for you? And Jesus is like, this is the work of the kingdom that you believe on him who was sent. And you're like, what? Work? Belief? You're mixing faith and works, Lord? Well, I didn't have time to read all of James and all the other arguments. I was just like, man, I'm taking that. You know, <laughs> I am not going to go and try to get involved with my local church right now and be, um, you know, have perfect GPA or I'm just going to start reading my Bible, building up my faith and believing in him who was sent. And I found all of Satan's attacks coming at me right then. Then I found my grandfather's old copy of Manifest uh, Victory by Rufus Mosley. And I read that and I found him underlining and like re-underlining wish I still had that copy. I think I lost it. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Grandpa. Sorry, Rufus. Oh, wait. We're about to meet. So, okay. The Lord will clone that copy of Manifest Victory that was all taped up with, like, old scotch tape from the 70s. You know? You ever find a book like that? It's like, wow, they used to have, like, really serious tape back then. It's like, got all these lines in it and stuff. Anyway, pencil writing and notes and underlining pen, and, and it was just like, oh, my gosh, like, Grandpa really, Papa Basham really got something from this. And Rufus Mosley wrote when he was like, Lord, what is my responsibility to you as a Christian? And, and the Lord said, your only responsibility is to stay in union with me. And when I read that, I suddenly knew the secret. It wasn't, believe what you want and you're going to get it. It was like, I need to stay in unity with God. I mean, that's my response. If I really care about being, you know, what's my checklist, God? It's not, um, how do you prove to your family you love them? You always work hard all the time. Well, yeah, provide. But if that's it, then you missed the point. You're one being, one entity, one unit, one body. And uh, with God, he is our true family. And if you're in uni union with Jesus all the time, then you're fulfilling your ultimate responsibility. So that really set me free. And again, I found out in my early life that day-to-day -day walking through it, everything fights that. I mean, and, and how do you fight back? Well, notebooks with scriptures written in them. You know, consciously opening Bible and imbibing the Bible, imbible, imbibing the Bible, keeping it always on your mind. The Lord gave us those instructions. He said, you will meditate on this word day and night. You will meditate on this word day and night. You will meditate on this word day and night. <laughs> it's not just to make you feel like a good Christian. It's to remind you who you are in this wicked world of people who all they can think about is what are we going to wear? What are we going to eat? What, what, what do I want to do? Standing up to play and sitting down to eat. Feasting for the sake of feasting instead of feasting to be strong and to, to uh, fight the war of the spirit and whatever. You know, there's, just the, the, there's this aimlessness in the world, that this despair, this absolute emptiness that you begin to really encounter. And um, God has so much more for us. Anyway, I know that this is kind of cutting this in the middle of it, but I want to at least um, put this out there right now 
as we, I don't have internet and I don't even have, it's kind of fun being a missionary. Like sometimes you don't even have a working toilet. <laughs> so that's the reality of, uh, of the adventure today. It's the toilet hunters 2021. No, I've been in similar things in Asia, but, um, it's just funny. Anyway, I hope, uh, something that was said is a blessing to somebody. You know what? I'm not going to leave. You know what? I'm, you thought I was leaving. I'm just, I'm going to play some music and I'll be right back. I got to do, you know what? And <laughs> I mean, don't need to just share with you some grimy details, but there is still some time ahead of the walk of, of before us. And, uh, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to feel a lot better in the last part of this podcast too. All right. We'll be right back.
Oh yeah. Oh yeah, mission accomplished. Alright, so um I didn't mean to play like music that was that ecstatic on purpose. I have a few songs in my playlist, and that is one of my favorite pieces of music that if you pay attention to music, if you're interested in kind of the uh the message behind the melody, that is uh Terminator Genesis, one of like the dumber Terminator later movies. But there's something about that theme that contains this arcing upward of hope as there's this sense of impending doom at the same time. <laughs> so, want to know why I'm happy? That's because I'm just full of the joy of Jesus. As I'm reporting to you, as somebody was like, oh, you do podcasting? Oh, my daughter was playing it like a, what is that burger joint called? Carl's! Carl's Jr. Gotta tell Laura about that place. Carl. There's a meme. The Carl meme. It's from uh, the zombie series. The Walking Dead or the Undead or whatever. Never watched a single episode of that series. Why the heck would you want to watch a zombie series that's like 15 se seasons? And the whole point of a zombie movie is you, you're, you're amazed at the outbreak. Like the beginning of the zombie movie and then the end. You don't want to watch an ongoing zombie now, but whatever. There's a Carl meme from that. It's funny. So I'm sitting at Carl's. My daughter's playing on the playground. She's never been on one of those like three-story playgrounds, you know, at McDonald's or whatever. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to these two Christians. And as you might expect, I'm like just giving them all the red pills that I got as fast as I can. And the lady is like, Oh, you're like that guy in that end of the world movie, uh, 2012, you know, Woody Harrelson. And he's like, yeah, I'm broadcasting from Yellow Cinema National Park in the end of the world. You heard it here first. Like as the wall of fire is coming at him. And I'm like, yep, yeah, that's pretty much me. I just don't got my trailer yet. I don't have a trailer. That's sort of the the spirit of this broadcast is we're dealing with really, really serious things. But we're trying to give you a sense of really like the raw joy of Jesus. Like, I might be going to the guillotine tomorrow, consciously knowing it, and I'm, I might do a podcast that night. Which, by the way, I don't think that's going to happen. I had a dream when I first joined the family back in 2004... And I met Aaron Berg in a dream. Didn't know who he was in the dream, but later on found out that was him. And he basically, long story short, told me that I would see everything happen. I mean, this is 15, 17 years ago. It was literally like one of the most vivid things ever. And he was like, I didn't make it because he died. I didn't make it to see it, but but you're going to make it to see everything take place. Like, you're going to be here. You're going to see all of it happen. And by then, I was pretty much well indoctrinated with, like, end-time stuff, the timeline, the book of the future, which is basically a, a revelation study, really outlining a very good um, post-tribulation rapture, very well-rounded revelation outline that, honestly should be a college course in itself. So that's why I, I'm like, okay, I know why most Christians don't believe in the post-trib rapture because they don't want to sit down and actually read the Bible. 
they'll just believe whatever their Protestant preacher told them to believe. And I'm not tooting my own horn here, but I'm somebody that I've done a lot of long walks, like I'm doing tonight as I'm talking. I find joy in a long, good conversation with a friend on a long walk by a beautiful river, incidentally, like the Terminator 2 one where John Connor's on his little motorcycle driving away from the T-1000. Like, that's exactly what this, <laughs> this looks like here. Finally rained here in San Diego, so I know, I know why they have those, because they could have horrible flash flooding, because everything's so dry, there's no irrigation. Um, so, we're going to go into this thing, and the weapons are not weapons of, we can survive, we can defend our family. What happens if you don't have the joy of the Lord, and you have to go through this? A lot of people are going to go to guillotines. I hope I'm not talking to any of them. But if I am, what part of you is so entwined with the do or die spirit? I'm going to go with God no matter what. And I'm not going to go out as a little pansy, little coward. I'm going to go out with a furious flame of just incredible joy and spirit and spark so that everybody who sees me in the last few moments will know that I am a light of God. I am a flame I have been kindled, the coals have been ignited, and God is real, and I am proof of that. And somebody will see that and will get saved by my martyrdom, if that ever be the case, God forbid. And we all know, by the time we get into the last seven years, that's the, that's the countdown clock, okay? The last seven years are basically like it is set the covenant has been signed. In the midst of the seven years, the Antichrist will break the covenant and declare himself God and declare war on all religions. So we still have at least three and a half years. You know, so don't get your panties in a bunch just yet. Understand that um, this is a marathon ahead of us, and we're not at the end. But for those that are, well, then it is for you. But hopefully you have the vision of at least transferring the knowledge to someone like, hey, buddy, survive. Take this with you. Survive to the end. And Jesus says, you know, he that overcometh shall inherit all things. You know, and then blessed is the man that, that makes it to the end of the seven years. The end, it, it puts it in, in days, puts it in weeks, puts it in months, puts it in years. It's right there, man. I mean, blessed is the man. So... Uh, you need to have that vision, a long-term vision, and three and a half years isn't that long. I mean, come on, for crying out loud, what were you doing three and a half years ago? That was like, what, 2017, it's 2018? Middle of 2018? <laughs> Add another three and a half years to that. I mean, that's not a whole lot of time either. 2014, 2015, kind of a long time, but not really. But believe me, um, once we get to the last three and a half years, things are going to be so hard that you're going to be marking the days, the hours, the minutes. And if, should they find one of our end time survival bunkers and we go to die, there's going to be the sense of, okay, I'll see you in the resurrection very soon. And there will be this, the, this, there will no longer be any of the cowards or the fearful because 
well, most of them probably took the vaccine. They're probably dead anyway. But at that point, we're not going to be worried about, well, do we have any coffee left? I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like one of the things I was worried about was like, I'm ready to go through the tribulation, but what if I don't have coffee every day? I actually thought that a few times. And then I realized now it's like, we're not going to be even thinking about that. It'll be so amazing if you ever do come across coffee. And uh, maybe just because I said that and I confess my sin of fear of not having coffee for the tribulation, maybe I'll have like this barista angel that'll just always show up every morning and everybody will want to hang out with me because I'll have that like cloning thing that Jesus did where he lays hands on the coffee and it multiplied. <laughs> Give thou me thy cup full of water. Behold, it is now a mocha orange frappuccino. <laughs> what was that coffee in Zoolander that they drank before they all die in the gas thing? <laughs> orange mocha frappuccino. What is it thou shouldest like to drink on this morning of this tribulation day 473? Ah, that would like a soy latte with an extra shot and one, one pump of caramel syrup. Don't you know that that is very bad for you? Lucky for you, it is heavenly syrup that is gluten-free and kosher. So anyway, just you're seeing it right here, folks. Faith walking. Faithbucks.com might have a whole new meaning during the Great Tribulation. Michael got coffee angels. I'm sure if we got one coffee angel, we can have like a lot of coffee angels. But most people aren't going to be thinking about that because they're going to be so busy surviving. And that's what frustrates me right now is that it's like every conversation is a survival conversation. And it's not. And, and you do need to go through the thing where it's like, yes, Australia is coming here. What's happening there is their plan for here. They got to get our guns first, but they might not even wait. They, they might just like incite a civil war and then use that as a pretext to launch nukes all across the uh, flyover states. I don't know. But we've got to get past that. And then with the consciousness of that being reality, then stepping into, okay, we're, we're doing real estate or we're building wealth. We're living in faith. We're, we're having Christian community, not, you know what I mean? Does this make sense? Like 10 steps behind where you're like, no, 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 no. Don't talk about that. That's too scary. Uh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Um, we need money. We need to get jobs. We need to get church. We need to go to church. I'm scared. I'm going to go to church. Does that make sense? Anyway, in the last few minutes here, thank you for, uh, bearing with us. Tis a long broadcast here, but it is a beautiful walk tonight. It's just nice. I love the dry weather. Um, God is real. Miracles are real. The gifts are real. The joy is real. The supply of God is real. More than just cash. More than just paying the rent. There, You realize there are people who have all their needs met, who are absolutely miserable and on the verge of slitting their wrists. But there are those that are rich, but they don't tell anyone because they are full of God and they are full of real riches. And you can have that. You can cash in on the heavenly faith bucks anytime you want. When somebody starts to drag you to hell or somebody starts to unleash the demons, 
by all means, chop some demons, but, but then go and, and then go back to the Lord and look into his eyes and just meditate on the word. And what, what we're doing here is we're trying to like sketch out a, an overall vision, a visual, a worldview, if you will, of the overall plan of God for us. It's much bigger than surviving. And it involves flying cities of the heavenly sort from which we will get our supply to ransack those hellish flying cities. Final word picture. Uh, remember PlayStation? Well, there was an old video game called Final Fantasy Part 8. And if you find the FMV of the Balam Garden versus Galbadia Garden, you'll see what I'm talking about. Two flying cities going into clash together in the air. Pretty much the most trippy thing you've ever seen. That kind of got me started with where I am right now. Like, I'm like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. God, you got that? You do? Okay, cool. I'm using that. So go ahead and uh, check out um, Galbadia Garden versus Balam Garden. Final Fantasy VIII FMV. It's going to look a little dated, but the concept is dang cool. Still haven't seen Marvel beat that yet. And that's what we're dealing with. We've got unlimited supply in heaven. Unlimited cool things. And it's even kind of cool that the enemy has some cool things too, so that we get to really see how powerful God is. Because if it was nothing but like, I don't know, assassinating Joe Biden, like that would not be a glorious fight. I'm sorry, but <laughs> like, I think my daughter could beat Joe Biden. <laughs> she could just like literally push him over. Both of my daughters for sure, but I'm talking about my, my two-year-old. She could probably literally give Joe Biden a heart attack or a stroke just by being around him with her smile, with her laugh, her victorious laugh of pure victory and joy. That would be the end of Joe Biden. We need to not pick and fights here, but it's like, come on guys, come on enemy. What do you got really? Because I'm not strong in myself, but God is so, so, so strong and scary. Hallelujah. All right, guys. Love y'all.